Welcome to another episode of No Tears for Black Girls, a true crime podcast with a purpose. Written and produced by award-winning author John Reedberg. I'm your host, Samantha Paul. Let's dive in. Almost like her presence was like there and like she was just letting us know that like she was okay and that we could just breathe and and it was just like a very out-of-body experience but one that like I definitely needed for closure and just to not carry around the hate in my heart anymore yeah like I was truly able to forgive Randy Taylor for what he had done that day. No, I did not kill Alexis Murphy or hurt Alexis Murphy. You can ask anybody that knows me, anybody in this jail, or anybody around here. I'm not an outspoken person. I'm not a violent person. I haven't been mean to nobody or disrespectful to anybody in here. On August 3rd, 2013, 17-year-old Alexis Murphy set out from her home in Shipman, Virginia, for a quick trip to Lynchburg. By evening, she had stopped at a Liberty gas station in Lovingston, Virginia. That was the last time she was seen. The police began searching and soon identified 48-year-old Randy Taylor as their suspect. Evidence recovered from his vehicle and trailer appeared to tie him to Alexis's disappearance. They arrested him on May 1, 2014, and put him on trial for murder. Just over one week later, the jury found him guilty, and the judge gave him two life sentences for the crime. In an unbelievable turn of events, Taylor was also connected to the unfortunate disappearance of Virginia teenager Samantha Clark four years earlier. Seven years after Alexis went missing, the remains were finally on private property in Lovingston. After being sent to the Central District Office of the Chief Medical Examiner in Richmond, they positively identified the remains as Alexis Murphy's on February 5, 2021, although her family was not informed until February 17, 2021, because of the sensitive nature of this tragedy. Alexis's story is a tragic reminder of how quickly a life can be taken. Police zeroed in on Taylor after reviewing surveillance footage from a nearby gas station. A search of his camper revealed a single strand of Murphy's hair. Divers and canine units were deployed to the river near Taylor's residence, where they discovered a red sweater that authorities had initially assumed belonged to Murphy only for an investigator to later contradict. To add to that, they found DNA evidence linking Murphy to Taylor's camper. The prosecution gave their case. They indicted Taylor on two felony charges, first-degree murder, first-degree felony murder, and abduction with the intent to defile, and an unrelated grand larceny charge. Judge Michael Gamble issued a gag order silencing the investigation team contained within law enforcement, lawyers, and their employees from discussing the case openly. But Taylor had another story. He adamantly pleaded not guilty, claiming that Murphy had come to his camper accompanied by Damian Brown, but left with him too, an angle that law enforcement completely overlooked. His counsel, Michael Hallahan, vehemently defended Taylor against all accusations and presented concrete evidence to debunk any notion of mere circumstantial evidence. The prosecution brought damning evidence to light. A cashier's testimony, a bloody t-shirt, even DNA taken from Taylor's camper. 
His lawyer attempted to throw out the evidence, but failed. On May 8th, the court convicted Taylor of first-degree murder in the abduction and intended rape of Alexis Murphy, an offer that was quickly rejected. On July 23, 2014, they handed him two life sentences without parole. When Hannah Graham's remains were discovered in October 2014, Taylor asked for a DNA test on Jesse Matthew to investigate the possibility of his involvement in Alexis's disappearance as well. Nelson County Commonwealth Attorney Anthony Martin conducted tests that ruled out Matthew as a suspect. However, they also investigated whether Alexis had ever met him via her social media accounts. In the winter of 2015, Taylor sought justice and filed an appeal, with the courts claiming they had not granted him a fair trial. They denied his first attempt in May, yet Taylor pressed on, filing a second appeal with the Supreme Court of Virginia. Fate would have it that his last plea for justice was rejected as well. When in February 2016, the courts denied his Hail Mary. Seven years and four months, Alexis's family searched, hoping to finally bring her home. Yeah, I'll never forget the day. In December of 2020, Alexis's aunt, Angela Taylor, got the call from her sister. Their search was over. I literally, I got sick to my stomach. Like I was on 64. And I had to pull over because I just needed to like throw up. And I called her back and I said, she was like, they found Alexis. And I said, no, I heard you. And I said, so what does that mean? And she was like, I don't know. The family didn't announce the discovery publicly until three months later. When we, you know, publicly released that in February of 21, It was like, do we, are we ready to put this out to the world or do we, you know, hold on to it for forever? Like, So it was up to the family whether you wanted to? Yeah, you know, we had the choice. Um, but I was like, you know, we, we have to, you know, obviously do this. Because a lot of people, like, have been on this journey since day one. Alexis's family held a celebration of life June 5th of that year on what would have been her 25th birthday. It was just a celebration of life and of her and a way for us to really say thank you to the law enforcement, like all of the law enforcement agencies were there, the local police, the state police, the FBI. Um, and, you know, it was just, to me, the perfect way to bring closure to this long, you know, traumatic uh, situation um, that so many in Nelson and across the country had watched for seven years. Love us? Leave us a positive review or rating. Follow No Tears for Black Girls on social media and No Tears for BG on Twitter. Be blessed. Be loved. Stay safe.